The passage of scripture Terry's chosen this morning is from the book of Hebrews, the 13th chapter. I invite you to hear these words. Keep loving each other like family. Don't neglect to open up your homes to guests, because by doing this, some have been host to angels without knowing it. Remember prisoners as if you were in prison with them, and people who are mistreated as if you were in their place. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. Well, we're in our last sermon of a series entitled At the Movies, and we've had a whole lot of fun with this series. And The Sandlot is a movie, the movie that we're focusing on today, and you saw a clip if you were here at the very beginning of the service. And The Sandlot is a classic movie in so many ways. It probably is one of the greatest movies out there, in my opinion. In fact, it has all the components of a great movie. It has the chase scene, right? The action. It has romance. Remember, Squint is in love with the lifeguard. And then um, humor. It has some great humor in the movie and some great one-liners like, you're killing me, Smalls. Remember? Remember that line? Well, the movie has a villain. It's actually a four-legged villain. And it has a young hero. And of course baseball, right? What movie isn't great if it has baseball in it? And so this movie just makes me smile. And we're going to talk a little bit about how I've seen some of the images of our Christian faith in this particular movie. Will you pray with me? Good and gracious God, help us to hear your word for us today. Help us to get out of the way so that you might Touch our minds and hearts. Oh God, I pray that you would touch my lips, my voice, my proclamation, oh God, but especially my heart. That the meditations of my heart and words of my mouth might be acceptable in your sight, my blessed Savior and Redeemer, Rock and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, as we look through the lens of our Christian faith, this movie has some rich images for us in our walk. And I watched the the movie a couple of times last week. I absolutely was, I had forgotten some of the classic scenes in in this movie, and I was laughing so hard from the back of the bedroom that my husband could hear me in the kitchen. And it's just got some great connections to our Christian walk. Uh, The writer in Hebrew says, keep loving each other like family. Keep loving each other like family. I could go in the direction this morning of this team of boys that loved each other like family. They were um, protective of one another. And, you know, there's a new boy that comes into town. He's fifth grade and It's a hard, awkward age, and so Benny Rodriguez, the boy on the team, shows kindness and invites him to play ball with them, even though Smalls cannot catch the ball, hit the ball, or throw the ball. And so you see that that invitation, and Ephesians tells us this, due to our sin, the Bible says, remember that at at that time you were separate from Christ. 
excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you were once, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. So this little team of boys, they loved each other like family. They stood beside each other through times of trouble. Even when Small says they got the, he got them in the greatest pickle of their lives. And so I could go in the direction of how community, how important community is in our own times of trouble and how we're called as brothers and sisters to stand with our community in times of trouble. I thought about also how I could talk about how baseball was something they practiced every day. They were out on the field every day. They knew everything that baseball had to offer. It was 100% life, right? And how we, as God's people, are in relationship with God. And the practice of worship is something that we should make 100% of life. Worship is something we must do every day, putting God first. And, and in that practice, we become one with God. Paul says in Ephesians, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. If you remember in the movie, Scotty Smalls become part of the team by doing nothing. By doing nothing. In fact, when he tries to work his way on the team, things just get worse. And when Benny realizes that Scotty Smalls does not know how to hit the ball, throw the ball, or catch the ball. Benny says, just hold your glove up in the air and I'll hit the ball in there. And he did. You see, the same is true for us. We can't earn our salvation, no matter how good we are. The only way we get accepted into the people of God is by faith in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. And so therefore, we're to hold ourselves out, right? And let God do the work. Let God fill us with his grace. It's offered to us without price. You know, we could do a whole sermon series just on this movie. We could go in many different directions because it offers so much in our understanding and our practice as disciples of Jesus Christ. So after I prayed and thought about the direction I wanted to go, I thought, I really want to take us in the direction of the unknown. In particular, the fear of what was on the other side of the fence. If you remember what was on the other side of the fence in the sandlot, it was a menacing monster, wasn't it? The beast. You see, rumor has it that the beast, a massive, ferocious dog, will kill anyone who comes into his territory. And as Squints proclaims one of the young boys, Mr. Myrtle, his owner is the meanest man who ever lived. And we saw from the clip this morning that was quite the opposite, wasn't it? 
The movie builds in the tension and it looks like Scotty will be grounded for life when his stepdad finds out about this missing baseball with Babe Ruth's signature on it. And in the midst of facing the fear and knocking down the fence in the process, there's a blessing. The fear of the unknown. We all have it, don't we? Is there anything more human and innate than our fear of what we do not know and we do not understand? In the Hindu understanding of faith, there's a parable that's told of a man who enters a darkened room. And to his horror, he sees what looks like a snake coiled up in the corner of the room. Though full of terror at the prospect of being bitten by a venomous snake, he moves closer and inches closer to examine it, only to find nothing but a harmless coil of rope. The teaching in this parable, disarming the fearsomeness of the world, is done by removing the threat of the unknown. Knowledge of the truth about the world renders the world less fearful and more bearable. So, I have a question for you. Have you ever made a mountain out of a molehill? Maybe? Yeah? Have you ever thought a problem was too big to tackle? So you just kind of push it over to the side? I don't want to deal with that. It's too menacing. It's too monstrous. Or have you even been afraid of another person because you did not know what to expect from that person? They look different. They speak differently. I don't know what to expect. And so we're guarded. We're cautious. In the movie The Sandlot, I think the fence is a representation of the walls or barriers that we place in our lives because we're afraid of the unknown. Those monstrous places, those monstrous beasts that we create in our own imagination. Fear is a powerful emotion. And there are many fears, church, that exist only in our own minds. Amen? Our human nature is try to protect ourselves from fear. So we build things. We build barriers. We build fences. We build walls around ourselves between us and the situation or between us and our neighbor. And we even build barriers and walls around our hearts. Do you know, I, I think Jesus doesn't like walls. I don't think Jesus likes fences. I don't think Jesus likes barriers because the Apostle Paul tells us that. In the letter to Ephesus, and this comes from the modern day translation, it says, Now because of Christ dying that death, shedding that blood, you were once out of it altogether, are in on everything. The Messiah has made things up between us so that we're now together on this, both non-Jewish outsiders and Jewish insiders. He tore down the wall that used to keep us to keep each other at a distance. He repealed the law code that had become so clogged with fine print and footnotes 
that it hindered more than it helped. Then he started over. Instead of continuing with two groups of people separated by centuries of animosity and suspicion, he created a new kind of human being, a fresh start for everyone. Christ brought us together through his death on the cross. Remember, there's nothing we had to do, right? He did it for us. All we got to do is hold our mitt out, right? And receive it. And the wall that St. Paul is referring to in specific is the wall between the Jews and the Gentiles. You see, the first Christian congregation was all Jewish and most of them would have preferred to stay that way. But St. Peter and St. Paul had a different vision. They had a passion. They had a vision for what it meant to extend God's grace to all people. And so they began to understand that Jesus didn't like walls, any kind of walls. Particularly walls that made some people feel inferior or rejected. We sing that old spiritual, don't we? About the battle of Jericho, right? Josh fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Josh fought the battle of Jericho and the... Right. If you remember, God was the one who brought the walls down. The army didn't. Joshua and the army were only instructed to march around that city for seven days. And on that seventh trip around the city, God brought the walls down. The army did nothing. The army was only to demonstrate the faith in God's work. They just had to get out of the way. Isn't that the truth with us? Isn't it true that we just have to sometimes get out of the way so that God can do God's work? Barbara Bruce says in her book, Winning the Worry Battle, God specializes in taking down the walls that keep his children from claiming his promises. God's greatest work within us and around us often happens when we get out of our own way. So true. You see, the ideal antidote for any fear of the unknown is faith. Faith. These fighting men were literally walking by faith. The unknown was there. They had no idea what to expect, but God told them to do it, and they did it. But we can talk about faith, and we can preach about faith, and we can, you know, struggle with faith it's hard to do isn't it faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what we cannot see and if we go back to hebrews again hebrews 11 it records the acts of these men generations later that marched around the city and in fact it records the hall of fame of faith People who time and time again had no idea what was ahead of them. They, they, there was so much unknown in their life, but they stood in faith. They walked by faith, and they continued to live in faith. You see, faith thrives in holy discomfort, church. 
Faith thrives in holy discomfort. Many of our fears would disappear if we lived in the faith of God's work within us and around us. But we have to get uncomfortable at times in order to live into that faith. And when we know fully that we are loved and accepted and secure, then it is easier, isn't it, church? Isn't it easier to stand and walk by faith? I think that's why the writer in Hebrews focuses in on love when he says that that first sentence, keep loving each other like family, because love is the only force strong enough to knock down fences. Love is the only force strong enough to knock down walls. Love is the only force strong enough to walk down, to, to bring down the barriers to stand between us and what we do not know or do not understand. And we may go, I'm not ready. Love is the only force that's strong enough to help us live in that holy discomfort. Now, you may ask, well, love each other like family. Who are you talking about, preacher? I love my family. I love my friends. Right? But I love the people I go to church with. I even love the people who go to that church over there. But do I love the people that I would normally associate with? that make me uncomfortable? Love people on the other side of the fence? The people I think might be monstrous? The beasts, right? People I've imagined in different ways. People who live differently, speak differently, see the world from a different perspective. I love people who have built walls so thick and tall that they think nothing can get to them. That's what Hebrews is talking about. Love all people like their family. Don't neglect to open up your homes to guests because by doing this, some have been host to angels without knowing it. Remember prisoners as if they were, you were in prison with them and people who were mistreated as if you were in their place. That's that kind of love. The message of Hebrews is clear. We love everybody, those we know and those we don't. So if we go back to Joshua again, you know, I'm flipping between Joshua and Hebrews here. If we go back to Joshua again, we remember one of the key people in that story is Rahab. And Rahab was living behind Jericho's walls when Moses was doing the, the, the teaching of God's promises. And she wasn't there when she saw the, the waters pushed back, when, when God pushed back the waters of the Red Sea. And she wasn't there when the Israelite army crossed over the Jordan and walked on dry riverbank. But she demonstrated faith. Even though she did not know the future, she, there were so many unknowns for her. She welcomed people she had been told were the enemy, that they were the monsters. 
That's a lot of faith for a woman behind a wall, isn't it? And in welcoming, she was offered new life. You see, here's what we need to remember. Fear of the unknown is natural for us, church. But even when we can't see the future or we can't see beyond our own circumstance, even when our mind has made it bigger than it really is, God's still God. God's a great big God and we're not. Right? God is still God. And when we allow God to tear down the barriers, when we allow God to help us see the other side of the fence, God will make things good, church. There's a blessing waiting. There's a blessing waiting for us. When we walk by faith and not by sight, there's a blessing for us, church. Because you never know who God is going to use to bring hope. The stranger, the prostitute, the person who's just gotten out of jail, the teacher, the leader, the mother, the father, the cousin. You never know who God is going to use to bring hope. Let's walk by faith. Let's walk by faith, church, and not by sight. Because in this, we will receive all that God has in store for us in it. The beautiful blessing of love. Of love. Amen.